With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a terrific show for you as Sarah Griffin. She does terrific work as a writer for PitcherList. She's also a Milwaukee Brewers fan, despite the fact that she lives out there in the city of Boston because she actually used to work for a Brewers publication. She's going to be joining me in the second segment. As you can expect, we're going to be talking about the NL Central. Also going to be talking about the AL East as well. Just some of the players and pitchers that she thinks has some upside for this season. So we're going to have that chat in the second segment to get ready for the MLB season. In the final segment, going to be giving you a side in total on every game on Wednesday morning's KBO betting board as we touch them all. And this will be the last day that we just do KBO picks because... Tomorrow on the podcast, I'm still going to be giving you guys the KBO picks, but we are going to have some Major League Baseball thrown in there as well. So we are all amped up about that. And I always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast as well. If there's something that you like answered, fire that into my timeline at GRSquarty1. If you send these via DM, aka direct message, well, letters DM to me mean does not matter. I did not get in any questions today, but with that said, we did see a very wild day on the KBO Diamond Tuesday morning, so let's take a look back at those games, try to find some trends, and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. The team with the greatest two mascots in the history of baseball wound up taking the Diamond Tuesday morning on ESPN, and while well, that team fell down a touchdown, they were down by a count of 8-1 to one going into the bottom of the 7th inning, but the KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs, put up a touchdown and a 2-point conversion, 
pull this game out of the fire. They wind up giving up one run in the ninth, but they walk it off in the bottom of the ninth. 10-9, the final in one of the most insane games that you'll find. One Mel Rojas, the guy that should be the KBO MVP as of right now, and entered into this game as the KBO leader in home runs. He had two more in this game, one the 7th, one the ninth. his 23rd and 24th of the season, en route to a 4-for-5 game, now hitting 395, leads the KBO with 63 RBI along with those home runs, and then you had Jay Guan Hong who wound up going yard in that crazy 7th inning as well. He has now gone deep 7 times so far this year. For KT, it wasn't necessarily the start that they were hoping for out of Jay Sung Bae. He said, hey, Bae Bae, to raising his ERAAA. He winds up going five innings and gives up six runs, all of which were earned smiling blobs from there. Three runs given up over the course of four innings. And for the LG Twins, you got to feel for Tyler Wilson. This was one of his best starts of the year. Six innings of one-run baseball against a very fearsome lineup. The bullpen gives up nine. Count them. Nine runs in two innings. My goodness gracious, when they talk about bullpens being bad, they right now make Fernando Rodney look very trustworthy. I don't know what to tell you there, but if you're looking at something good for the LG Twins, they were able to get a pair of home runs. Yonggi Kim was able to go yard along with Roberto Ramos, who had like two home runs over the last three and a half weeks, so that was a good sign. You had a walk-off with the SK Wyverns and the Lotte Giants. The Lotte Giants entered into the bottom of the ninth, ending up by a count of 7-6, to six. But the Wyverns strike for two in the ninth. They are able to get the win by a count of eight to seven. This was a wild one as Adrian Sampson looked pretty good in this game. He went three and a third innings. He gave up one run, but he had to depart early. He had only thrown 62 pitches. That just completely threw this game out of whack as the bullpen from there. They give up a grand total of seven runs while they wind up delivering five innings. So that's not necessarily good. And then when Ricardo Pinto continues to struggle for the SK Wyverns, gives up four runs over the course of six innings. In his start, another four walks. And the bullpen from there for SK, I can't say it was great. They end up giving up a grand total of three runs over the course of three innings. And this one for Lote, you were able to get a home run off the bat of Dixon Machado. That was a three-run shot. He has all of a sudden gotten white hot with the bat. This is a guy that had been struggling at the beginning of the year. He's now hitting a 288. He's got five home runs on the campaign. And if you take a look at his last seven games, four multi-hit games. So that has been very good for this team. Meanwhile, you take a look at the SK Wyverns. It is very big that they are getting back some of their more trustworthy pieces. Dogman Han, who got off to a nice start to the year. He had six home runs in the first 18 games of the season before getting injured. He goes deep in this one, his eighth of the campaign. And then Jamie Romack, who has certainly had a struggle this year, but leads the KBO in walks. He winds up supplying his 13th home run of the year. Seems like things are starting to look a little bit better for him. And then Hun Suk Lee was also able to get a bomb in this one as well. So that was a crazy one. We wound up having to go to extra innings with the NC Dinos and the Samsung Lions. And of course, the Dinos wind up pulling it out by a count of 6-5. of five. In this one for Samsung, the bullpen was doing a pretty solid job. You really can't pin this loss on them, even though they did wind up giving it up in the 10th inning. Grand total, four innings to give up one run. Jung on back just did not have his stuff in this one. Five and a third innings, gives up five runs, all of which were earned, including not one, not two, but three home runs for the NC Dinos. Going deep for the Dinos, Sung Bumna along with Aaron Altair. Both these guys have been doing an absolutely terrific job for Sung Bumna, his 16th home run of the year. For Aaron Altair, he's number two in the KBO with regards to home runs. That is his 18th home run of the campaign. And then also supplying a deep bomb, that would be Suckman Park. 
he wound up being able to go deep for what is his ninth home run of the campaign, so he was able to get a little bit of something going. And then for the NC Dinos, Sung Young Choi did not wind up delivering the length that this team was necessarily looking for. Gives up three runs over the course of three and a third innings. And then the bullpen from there, which has been the worst in the KBO with regards to ERA for the NC Dinos, was actually pretty good. Six and two-thirds innings, they wind up giving up two runs, so they were able to hold down the fort with that regard. And for Samsung, the big hit that allowed them to hang in this game, Sung Soo Kim, who has been just doing a terrific job for this team, 436 on base percentage. That is his second home run of the campaign and second home run over the last two weeks. You had one under in the KBO on Tuesday morning as well. That'd be between the Tucson Bears and the Cuban Heroes. You had a really good pitching matchup between Raul Alcantara along with Eric Jokic, but for Jokic, a guy that had not given up more than three earned runs in a single start this year, he gave up six earned runs in the sixth. It was just an inning that would not end from. He winds up going five and two-thirds innings, giving up all those runs. Bullpen from there was able to clean it up. But for Raul Alcantara, seven scoreless innings against Kiwo Miros, eight punch-outs, no walks. He was terrific. Bullpen from there, they clean up the final two innings while giving up just one run. And for the Doosan Bears, they were able to get one big hit in this one. Jiwon Kim was able to go yard in this one. This is someone that was a KBO MVP in 2018. His 12th home run the campaign. He is in the top three with regards to RBI. And then for the Kiwoom Heroes, they were actually able to muster nine hits despite the fact that they lost by a count of 6-1 and they out-hit the Doosan Bears actually by two, but they just were unable to drive them in. And speaking of teams that are unable to drive them in, how about the Anwa Eagles? They wind up getting just absolutely destroyed by the Kia Tigers by a count of 10-2. There's a reason why Anwa is at the bottom of the standings and if you take a look at the Kia Tigers, they did not wind up getting a single home run in this one, but 16 hits and 9 walks drawn, so they were able to do a solid job there. Drew Gagione, his best start of the year. 6 and 2 thirds innings, doesn't give up a single earned run, 4 punch outs, and Bum Su Kim, well, he certainly lived up to his name of Bum as he wound up giving up 5 runs over the course of 3 and 2 thirds innings. The bullpen from there really didn't do a whole heck of a lot better. They gave up 5 runs, 4 of which were earned over the course of 5 and a third innings. And for Kia, they did wind up giving up two runs out of the bullpen, but this game had been very much decided from there. If you're looking for one bright spot for Anwa, on one, Zhang was able to go yard in this one. That is his third home run of the campaign as one player on the Anwa roster right now has more than three home runs. Folks, we are over 60 games into the KBO season, so that right there is quite pitiful, but something that is not pitiful, the fact that we've got Major League Baseball games, ones that count coming back into our lives on Thursday. Sarah Griffin is going to be talking to us about some of the pitchers that she has on her watch list for the upcoming season, her thoughts on the Milwaukee Brewers, Boston Red Sox, Toronto Blue Jays, and so much more. She does a great job with pitcher lists, and she's joining me next right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Great to have on our next guest. You can follow her on Twitter at SKG underscore 18. It is Sarah Griffin joining me right here on the podcast. She does a great job writing some articles for Pitcher List. She recently came out with one with regards to Jonathan Means. And more importantly, she is a fellow Milwaukee Brewers fan. Sarah, great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing tremendous. And I think that we will both agree that the media has really downplayed what the Brewers said in the offseason. They're saying, ah, the Milwaukee Brewers didn't get any better. They wound up losing Eric Thames, all that stuff. But I think that they would disagree. 
I think we would disagree because I think that the Brock Holt signing is very good under the radar. They also got Avicio Garcia. I like what I thought of Josh Lindblom in spring training as well. I think that this is a team that's really set up to be able to have a very good 60-game stretch because this is a team that I think is going to be able to get a lot of good pitching depth. And that's going to be so critical because I just can't see pitchers at the beginning of the season going their normal 100-plus pitches like they're used to. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see what they do with 60 games, especially with Craig Council. I feel like this is the type of environment that he thrives in. I think a lot of people have been saying, oh, the Brewers don't have the same pitching depth they did. I think their pitching depth has gotten better. I think they have a lot more options than they have in the past couple seasons. And I think Council especially is really good with playing to people's strengths. And I think that will really work out in their benefit, especially in a 60-game season. And you can tell that Josh Hader just seemed to get a little bit burnt out towards the end of the 2019 season. I would argue that this layoff is very good for him because he's the ultimate two or so inning weapon coming out of the bullpen as well. So I think that that's going to be very good for this team. Josh Lindblom, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, I like his upside with this team. And then you just look at a guy like an Adrian Hauser. He just wasn't necessarily doing the job as a starter at the beginning of the year, but towards the back half of the season, he was doing a very solid job with this team. List goes on and on. And Brent Suter coming back as well is one thing that I just don't understand why people are really glossing over because I think that he could be another guy that he's able to give you two weddings. I think that those are the guys that there's a big premium on because like I said, I don't think starters are going to be going as deep towards the beginning of the year. If you're able to have a guy that's able to give you two solid innings, that's really a luxury in the 2020 season. I like that you mentioned Adrian Hauser because he's one of the people that I actually am writing an article now that I think could do really well this season because like you said, Last season, it seems like towards the end, he kind of started to get into a groove and figure things out, and he seemed a lot more consistent. And now, again, everyone seems to be sleeping on the Brewers, which seems to be what (laughs) happens every year, basically. But I feel like he's someone that might just really come out of nowhere to a lot of people, but I can really see him having a good season, and I hope he does. I think it would be really nice to just see him come into his own. I agree with you. As we do have Sarah Griffin, a pitcher's list joining me right here on the podcast. And I think we'd both agree. The NL Central is going to be one of the most intriguing divisions out there in baseball because you've got, in my opinion, four teams are able to win it. Chicago Cubs, Milwaukee Brewers, St. Louis Cardinals, and then the Cincinnati Reds with all they've done in the offseason. Well, you take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, the one team that I left out. Right now, their best player thinks he's a pirate to use the good old dodgeball line. I mean, I just don't know what's going on with that team. Chris Archer's out for the year. There's just not a whole lot of promise there. But just taking a look at this division in general, I think the one thing that the jury's really out on is the Cincinnati Reds because you've obviously got some good pitching depth. Sonny Gray is terrific. You have Luis Castillo that's going to be coming back. Rossiel Iglesias, they've done a nice job of being able to revamp that bullpen. Amir Garrett, he's a guy that I do not want to be getting into a dark alley and facing him against <laughs> with regards to a fight, to say the least. But with that said, I just have my questions with the Cincinnati Reds because they've obviously got the depth. I just don't know if it's going to be able to come together. Yeah, I was like, everyone's talking about, oh, they're guaranteed to take the division. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, they haven't proven anything. Like... <laughs> Yeah, they have a great roster, especially when you look at their starting rotation. Like, it's scary. I wouldn't want to go up against that rotation. But they haven't proven anything yet. And the thing that kills me is um, someone did a rankings the other day. And like, oh, the Brewers have had too many changes to their roster, which I'm assuming like they meant they lost a lot of big names, which like, yeah. But I'm like, okay, the Reds had a lot of changes too. So why are they number one? And then the Brewers are like bottom of the barrel, like fighting. 
the Pirates in the division. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, if it's a battle between the Brewers and the Pirates, I think everyone's <laughs> going to be taking the Milwaukee Brewers in that one. <laughs> and then you just always have the St. Louis Cardinals there as well, because I've always said it on this podcast, when you have a normal 162-game season, if you told me from the year that I was born, from 1993 until 2019, that they got anywhere between... 82 and 93 wins every single year. I'd be like, yep, yep, that sounds about yep. right. They're never really going to get like past 92 or so wins. But at the same time, they're never going to be below 500. And I do think it's an intriguing team because I think we'd both agree. Paul Goldschmidt wound up underachieving during the 2019 season. I expect a Absolutely. little bit more out of him. But then you take a look at Marcel Zuna being out of the fold. He actually played quite well towards back half of the season. But I do think that the pitching is going to be really there for them because Jack Flaherty, second half of the year, he was lights out. And then I'm just intrigued by Miles Michaelis because this is a guy that has great command. I think that guys that do a good job of being able to keep their pitch counts down, they're the guys Mm -hmm. that are going to be able to thrive in the beginning of the season as well. Yeah, no, I think, like you said, the Cardinals, they're very consistent and, like, they're a winning team. But I don't know. They just never really scare me. (laughs) Until I look at that division, I'm like, Nah, like I think the Cardinals are a very beatable team. Like I will admit, Jack Flaherty, I would love to have him on my team, absolutely. But it's not a team that I'm like, oh god, like nope, they're definitely taking this. Like there's no competition. I'm right there with you. It's just one of these situations in which the Cardinals are always there. They're just that yeah. team that they're gonna be fighting for the division. They're gonna be fighting for a wild card. They're not gonna jump off off the page. They're not going to be the team that leads you in home runs or anything like that. They just are solid across the board, as we do have Sarah Griffin joining me right here on the podcast. I mentioned it a few minutes ago. You did a nice write-up of John Means for the Baltimore Orioles. Obviously, he had a very nice 2019 season. He was their all-star. He had a little bit of a rough stretch in like July slash early August, but he was able to close out the season very well. Let's face it, Baltimore Orioles, they're not going to be in contention for the World (laughs) Series this year. But with that said, they are starting to build a little bit of a core, and the Pitching, it seems like it's starting to come around because they've been able to find a couple guys out of nowhere. They wound up acquiring Wade LeBlanc along with Tommy Malone from the Seattle Mariners. So you're sort of just trying to dink and dunk with regards to being able to find a little bit of something there. But Means has really been a winner for this team and just someone that they're going to be able to build around for the next few seasons. Yeah, no, for sure. I think they're improving. I think in a few years, as long as they still have like, they have means at the core there. Like if they continue to build, you know, they have a pretty solid farm system. I think a few years from now, maybe we won't all be laughing at the Orioles like we do now. I mean, I hope so, especially because they do, they have talent on there that like Trey Mancini, obviously he's not playing this season, but if he's on the Orioles in a few years, I would really love to see those guys being able to compete like in the playoffs come October rather than just like, oh, I hope they reach 60 wins this season, maybe. And you've got a very intriguing outfield, even without Mancini as well. Austin Hayes made some just absolutely terrific catches during the 2019 season. And we saw what Cedric Mullins was able to do over the weekend against the Philadelphia Phillies as well. So I'm very interested with that. And the team in that division that I think is really flying under the radar, that'd be the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, where the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be playing their games, that is right now to be determined. That's an issue all upon its own. I mean... Canada pretty much said, yep, nope, we are not going to be allowing you guys to play here. We don't want any part of this. So instead, you get to play at either Buffalo or you get to go to Dundon, Florida. That is going to be just absolutely interesting. But with that said, I like what they did in the offseason, bringing in Hunjin Ru, a guy that was absolutely yes. terrific during the 2019 season. 
Once again, guy that keeps his pitch count down, so that'll allow him to go a little bit deeper into games. And you've got so many young players like a Vlad Guerrero Jr., also a guy that I like in Bichette that is going to be able to do an absolutely terrific job in this lineup as well. You bring in Kavan Biggio, list goes on and on. I think that this is a team that can really surprise because a lot of people think that the Boston Red Sox are going to be probably that number three team in the division. I would argue that the Blue Jays should be in front of the Red Sox. Oh, yeah, you know, and... Of course, I'm from Boston, so I'd be like, try not to be biased. But like, <laughs> I was doing a write up the other day, just like kind of previewing the AL East. And I was like, especially when you look at the Red Sox rotation, I'm Oof. like, God, I really don't see this team beating the Blue Jays. And especially with as often as they're going to be seeing the Blue Jays, I'm like, I don't know. Like the Red Sox have a good lineup, like offensively, but. I really don't know if they can match up against the Blue Jays. I think it'll be a close, like, good competition. But like you said, I think I'd put the Blue Jays up above the Red Sox, I won't lie. And a full year of Nathan Eovaldi, no offense or buts about it, is going to help out the Boston Red Sox. He was just all sorts of banged up during the 2019 season. But Martin Perez is a guy that I have absolutely no faith in whatsoever. Ryan (laughs) Weber, I mean, come on. And then they were really going with, like, the pseudo-opener system. In September of 2019, you had guys like Ulysse Chassin getting like two or three innings. It was just one of those things where it's like, what the heck is going on here? So I thought that that was interesting. And then, Sarah, I know that the teams that the AL East are going to be facing off with, with regards to more of the inner league is the NL East. And I would argue that along with the NL Central, that's the most intriguing division out there in baseball as well, because you've got a bunch of teams that can all win the division. Aside from the Miami Marlins, they are just going to get fish fried out there in that division. But you take a look at a team like the Philadelphia Phillies. I think that they're way under the radar. Didi Gregorius is great. And let's face it, a ham sandwich would have been able to do a better job of managing than Gabe Kapler. You bring in Joe Girardi. I think that that's a massive upgrade there. And this is just sort of the year in general that bodes well for a player like Bryce Harper that you can tell that when he's all in, he is just giving it his all. His energy is just so infectious. I think that this is just sort of the year in which I think that Bryce Harper is going to bust out and he's going to have a massive campaign. I hope so because I am a big fan of Bryce Harper and I feel like there's this weird dialogue going on that he's overrated. So it's gone to the point that now I'm like, okay, is Bryce Harper underrated? Like, is that where we're at now? I feel like people forget just how good he is. And I'm like, the Phillies just need to have one, like, really good season just to remind everyone, like, okay, no, Bryce Harper's the real deal. And you speak of Bryce Harper being under the radar, as we do have Sarah Griffin joining me right here on the podcast with Pitcherless. And what I think is being underappreciated is the Cleveland Indians right now because everyone's talking about the Minnesota Twins. Everyone is in love with the Chicago White Sox. Cleveland Indians, in my opinion, are a team that can really do some good things this season. Obviously, they don't have Yasiel Puig in the fold. He tried to sign with the Atlanta Braves. That deal wound up getting voided due to COVID-19. But you take a look at what they're all bringing back. I think that this is going to be a solid team. The outfield is a little bit questionable. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> but when you've got so many of these guys, like a Carlos Santana that's able to rake, that's absolutely huge. The bullpen was one of the tops out there in the MLB. I do think that they've got a couple weapons that they're going to be able to utilize, including a Phil Maiden, who they picked up in that Trevor Bauer deal back in 2019 as well. I think that this is a bunch that they're being just sort of looked at as chopped liver, and I think that they're a bunch that they're going to be able to surprise some people because I think that Jose Ramirez is going to have a much better year than he did last year. Yeah, no, I definitely see the Indians, especially, in a again, it's the whole idea of the 60-game season where anything can happen. I could definitely see the Indians just all of a sudden going on, like, some hot streak. And, of course, a hot streak in a 60-game season is all of a sudden, like, 
you're like a half the season and you're just winning, winning, winning. And now here you are playoff time. Like you said, they have a great lineup. I think their bullpen especially could hold them down. I could really see them being a threat. And Famio Reyes was really hitting during spring training as well. That was a very good sign for them. And is there anything in general? It might be a team. It might be just an element to the season that you think is worth looking for. Because I mentioned it myself with regards to the starting pitchers not being able to go as deep. I think that just depth in the lineup in general when it comes to just both hitters and pitchers, because I do think that we're going to see a bunch of lower body injuries towards the beginning yeah. of the year. I think that that's really going to be an important part of the season, which is why I'm looking at teams like the Milwaukee Brewers, the San Diego Padres, and the Tampa Bay Rays to be able to have success in the 60-game season. I'm just intrigued to see how certain teams play out the whole having to, like in the NL, having to use a DH, because I think some teams can really benefit from it, whereas other ones are kind of like, what are they going to do? Like, <laughs> I'm right there with you because we know the Milwaukee Brewers actually had some decent pitcher hitting. Meanwhile, for the Cincinnati Reds, it bodes very well for them because they pretty much had four outfielders for three spots. Nick Cassianos was able to do some great things with the bat for the Chicago Cubs when they acquired him. Problem is, he's a little bit of a liability out there in the outfield, so that's going to help them <laughs> out. And then when you take a look at the New York Mets, Yoana Cespedes was not running well over the weekend. So it's like, <laughs> there you go. There's your DH right there. And you've just got a bunch of those guys on the New York Mets. So I'm with you there that some teams are going to benefit more than others. And is there maybe a team out there that you think is going to be able to really thrive this upcoming season? Because I mentioned some of my sleepers. Do you have one in particular? Let me think, because I feel like there's a lot of teams, I should say, <laughs> that can really benefit. Obviously, the Brewers are definitely one. I really just put all my trust in Craig Council. I really just see him be able to manage the heck out of a 60-game season. And Kesson Hero's going to have a good year, too. Oh, I cannot wait. I know he had an injury recently, so they've been, like, sitting on him. But I'm just really looking for him to, like, already offensively, it's, like, insane what he could do with the bat. I'm like, now just imagine if you put that together with the defense, like, what a threat he would be to this whole league. Oh, I am in total agreement with you there. And then when you take a look at just what you're going to be able to find in general with this MLB season, it is very intriguing. And Sarah, I know that you're doing a great job with Pitcherless. You recently came out with, like I mentioned, an article on John Means. I know that you mentioned a little bit earlier in this interview as well that you're working on something where you're writing up something that involves Adrian Hauser as well. So let the good people at home know where they're able to follow you on social media and just what you're working on in general. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter. It's SKG underscore 18. Right now, I'm actually working on a few different articles, you know, just trying to figure out what I want to get out before the start of the season. I have one just about a bunch of sleeper pitcher picks because I feel like, again, in this season, anything can happen. So I'm like, you know what? Like people like Adrian Hauser, I'm like, a lot of people probably don't even know his name, to be honest. Whereas all of a sudden, it could be like a John Means situation. He just pops up out of nowhere and has this amazing season. And then I am doing a preview just of the AL East, just because as a Red Sox fan, I'm like, probably should. Why not? Even though it's kind oh, of yeah. pressing to look at. <laughs> <laughs> and then I actually took some questions on Twitter today, just so I could like make an article just answering general baseball questions and whatnot. I got some interesting ones, so we'll see what I put together. Oh, that'll be absolutely terrific. You never know what you're going to get out of the Twitterverse. Typically, it's just a cesspool of a bunch of people that are just like, oh, you're wrong here, you're wrong there, but sometimes <laughs> it can be very productive. So 
We both know how the Twitter game goes, and Sarah does an absolutely <laughs> terrific job with just a little bit of everything. And then her Twitter handle is at SKG underscore 18. So big thanks to Sarah Griffin of Pitcher List for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And now coming up next, it is that type of podcast that give you a side in total on every game on Wednesday morning's KBO Betting Board as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Sarah Griffin of Pitcherless for joining me right here on the podcast. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you a signing total on every game on Wednesday morning's KBO Betting Board as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRSquarty1. As per usual with these foreign legs, really aside from if you go to Pinnacle, you're betting on the team, the team only, so say for the Kiwoom Heroes and the Doosan Bears game, you get an actual bear that winds up taking the mound for the Doosan Bears. Well, you're stuck with our good friend, the Furry Furry Bear, so... With that said, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order, and that begins with game number 3046113046012. Kiwoom Heroes are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Bears of Nissan. If you're looking at the Nissan Bears, you're going to be finding them at minus 115 across the board, with the Heroes anywhere between minus 103 and minus 105, and your total on this game is 10.5. With the over of 10.5, it's anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Bears of Doosan, it is going to be G. Gook Park, and it is going to be Wonte Choi, who is going to be going for the Kiwoom Heroes. Aaron for Choi, it's really been a little bit of a slog for him recently. You take a look at his last two starts, a combined eight innings. He's given up 11 runs, three home runs, and a combined eight walks in those starts. Not necessarily great, but I will say this. Before those last two starts, he had been doing a great job of not walking, guys. In his first 10 starts of the year, in nine of them, he had two walks or fewer. So I do think that the command is going to be a little bit better in this one. And you also just take a look in general at the hits per nine that he gives up. It's right around nine, so he is going to give up some contact, but I think his location will be better in this one. And he's going to be backed up by a bullpen that should be a little bit better than that of Dusan's because they've got... G. Gook Park was going to be getting the start, and for Mr. Gook Park, he is making his first start since 2017. You take a look at him so far this year. He's made 25 relief appearances, and in his relief appearances, he has went north of two innings once. So this is not a guy that you expect to give you a whole lot of length now. In his relief appearances, he's been solid. He's made one outing of more than two innings so far this year, and I will give him credit. He actually did look good. In that long relief appearance that was against the SK Wyverns a few days ago. So I will give him a little bit of a tip of the cap there. But obviously the Wyverns probably didn't see that coming. That was a game in which Chris Flexen wound up leaving after one inning. So very strange circumstances there. And in 29 and third innings, he's given up a grand total of 23 walks and 21 punch outs. So that just doesn't lend itself to necessarily being great against this Kiwoom Heroes lineup that by and large is very good. Biongo Park is certainly not a guy that's going to give you a whole lot of batting average. He's hitting right around at 230-ish for the year, but he's been able to supply 17 home runs, 46 RBI, and then you've got a whole bunch of other guys there supplying the boom as well. Jungwoo Lee, 12 home runs, 52 RBI, and over 417 on base. He has been absolutely terrific. And then Ha Sung Kim, who I feel like is one of the more underrated players out there in this league. 
He's been able to supply 15 home runs, 51 RBI, while being able to hit in the neighborhood of a 280. The whole catcher spot, even though they are without Dong Wan Park, is still pretty solid because Ji Young Lee is hitting above a 300 so far this year. And Ki Woom actually has the best bullpen ERA that you're going to find out there in the KBL along with Kia Tigers. So that is something that is trustworthy with Doosan. Bullpen has been much more solid, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to get a lot of innings in this one. Now, you do have a very formidable lineup. We all know what Jose Miguel Fernandez is able to do. Double-digit amount of home runs, 372 batting average. He doesn't even have the best average on his team, though. Kung Min Her, he's hitting a 380 on base of a 428. He has been absolutely terrific for this bunch. You've got the former KBO MVP in J1 Kim, who's now got 59 RBI, 12 home runs. He has certainly been able to supply a lot of power for this team. So you've got two very good lineups. You got a pair of pitchers that, let's face it, I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in, so I'm going to take this total over. But I think that the Heroes have a little bit of better bullpen. I think that Choi is going to be able to deliver a better start in this one as well. So for that reason, we are going to be going with the Heroes, and we're going to be going with this total over as well. 304-613-304-614. The Anwa Eagles are going to be playing against the Kia Tigers. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. The Anwa Eagles are a very big underdog in this one. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 175 and plus 187. Meanwhile, with Kia, you're going to be finding them laying at minimum $2, seeing them as high as minus $2.15 in your total on this game. It is ranging a little bit, seeing mostly 9.5s, but the 9.5 has overjuiced anywhere between even a plus 105. Under is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Minwoo Kim will tow the rubber for the Anwa Eagles. Meanwhile, you've got Hun Jung Young, who's going to be going for the Kia Tigers, and... For Young, oh, this has just been absolutely atrocious this year. He has a 5-5 five five record, which isn't necessarily bad, but 631 ERA. He had the best ERA in the KBO during the 2019 season, and it has all went awry this year. You take a look at his last five starts. He has given up at least five runs in four of them, and he's given up at least seven earned in three out of his last five. This is just absolutely incredible in this stretch as well. Over his last five starts, he has given up a grand total of seven home runs. He has just been shelled like a pinata. You take a look at what he's done so far this year. In 67 innings, he has allowed 11 home runs. To put that into perspective, and I do realize that the ball was Juice during the 2019 season, but in 184 and two-thirds innings last year, he gave up six. That is just absolutely amazing. I mean, everything has just went wrong for him. But I will say this. The Kia Tigers are certainly going to have a better bullpen backing him up than that of the Anwa Eagles. And with Minwoo Kim, it's just hard to have a lot of faith in him. 455 ERA. He hasn't necessarily been terrible so far this year. 61 and a third innings. He's gotten 58 strikeouts, but he has also given out 30 walks, and he's given up 10 home runs as well. This is not a guy that keeps the ball in the yard. And the good news is for Young, he's facing off against a team that has one guy with more than three home runs so far this year. So he's not going to be giving up as many deep balls in this one. When you take a look at the Kia Tigers, Sun Bin Kim being on the fold is a little bit hurtful because he was hitting right around a 380 for this bunch, but Preston Tucker, got to think that he's going to be able to pick things up. He's a very hot and cold hitter, but for the year, he's hitting a little bit above a 300. And then you've got a couple guys that they are up there in the years, but they're doing a good job for this team. G1 Nong along with Hung Woo Choi. Both these guys have been able to do a terrific job with Nah. He's hitting a 290. He's been able to give the team 9 home runs, 42 RBI with Choi. 10 home runs, 41 RBI for him. 
And then you've also got a pair of guys that are able to do a very good job of being able to get on base. And Minsa Kim, not necessarily a lot of at-bats for him, but he's given the team a 389 batting average. And then Min Sung Yoo, who's been hitting a little bit above a 300 as well, so you do like what they're able to bring to the table. And then when you take a look at the Anwa Eagles, it's just one of these situations in which you got to think that Brandon Barnes is going to be able to give them a little bit of a spark. He's at 364 in the, I believe it's now three games that he's played with the team. He's already given them an RBI, so he's able to give them a little bit of a kickstart, but... Ji Hong Choi right now leads the team in power, six home runs. He's hitting a 240. There's just not a lot to write home about with this bunch in general. You just need more pop in the bat. They're not able to get it. They don't have a good bullpen. I just think that this is going to be a lame basing. I think that this is exactly what Young needs to get back on board because last year he was so dominant out here in this league. I think that he's going to be able to find his form once again. I do think that he still gives up a run or two, but I think that this is a situation which Kia might be able to get to nine or so runs all by themselves. So we're going to take the run line of the Kia Tigers and the total over. And if you're looking at the Kia Tigers run line, you're going to be finding it right in the realm of minus 135 to minus 140. Might vary a little bit at the time of this podcast, but seeing it anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140. We move on to game number 304-615-304-616. The KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs, are going to be playing host the LG Twins. The Blobios off one of the biggest comebacks that you're going to find this baseball season in any league. Find themselves as a favorite anywhere between minus 133 and minus 135 with the Twins pretty much plus 115 across the board. Your total on this game is 10. With the over of 10, you're going to be finding that juice anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 105. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. William Cuevas is going to be going for the Blobs. Meanwhile, Minou Lee is going to be going for LG. And for Lee, he was one of the top picks in the 2020 KBO draft. Has been able to do a very solid job in his first year in the KBO. I will say this. 180 ERA. He has made six total starts, eight total appearances, and in 40 innings, he's been able to do a solid job keeping the ball in the yard, not giving up a single home run, five doubles. So he has been doing a good job of being able to limit the damage there. Here's what is going to come back to bite him in the butt, though. 29 strikeouts at 26 walks so far. He has had quite a few wild pitches. He's gotten out of just some Houdini-esque situations because he hasn't given up more than Two earned runs in any of his starts so far this year. He had one start in which he gave up three runs, but only two of which were earned against the NC Dinos. But in his last three starts, he has issued at least five walks in every one of them. That's not going to fly against the Smiling Blobs. You've got Mel Rojas, who's right now the hottest player on the planet when it comes to hitting. And I'm not even joking. Now when the MLB starts up in a few days, that'll be in question. But this man has 24 home runs. He's hitting nearly a 400, leads the KBO and RBI. He's absolutely terrific. And then the other guys are coming along for the ride as well. Jay Gunn Wong, how about him hitting a 307? He was able to go deep in the team's game Tuesday morning. He's now got 35 RBI in the campaign. Kung Su Park, he's been able to hit right around to 285. He's got some bombs. Jung Day Bay says A Bay Bay to raising pitchers ERAAA. He's hitting a 3.28. And then you've got Pekko Kung. Been in a little bit of a slump. His batting average is now below 300, but he's still got on the campaign 12 home runs, 36 RBI. Then when you take a look at the flip side, you certainly should be able to get some offense out of the LG Twins. Roberto Ramos being able to get a home run Tuesday morning. You got to think is a little bit of a confidence booster for them. You got a pair of good hitting catchers and Kang Nam Yu along with Sung Woo Lee, who both have been hitting above a 280 so far this year. That's something that is promising. And then G1O has been able to find it as well. This is a man that has 34 RBI, 7 home runs. 
he's got an on base right around a 340, and you can't forget about the hit machine. Hansu Kim, 337 batting average, seven home runs for the team over their last, I would say, about 16 or so games. So he certainly has been able to do the job there. I do think that this is going to be a little bit higher scoring, but pretty much with the LG Twins, he used up every single relief arm that this team had Tuesday morning. And they still weren't able to get the job done. I have a feeling that their young 18-year-old is going to get lit up like a Christmas tree in this one. He has been very lucky to get out of the situations that he has. I think that our good Blobby friends are going to get to him and get to him hard. So we are taking the Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs. And we're going to be taking this total over as well. 304-617-304-618. NC Dinos are going to be playing most of the Samsung Lions. The Lions find themselves the biggest underdog on the KBO betting board. At minimum, you're going to be finding them at plus $2. You might be finding them as high as plus $2.15 with the NC Dinos. You might find them as high as right around at minus 260. I'm seeing them as low as minus 235. I'm seeing a 260 out there, and your total on this game is 9. If you're looking at the overages on 9, it is at minus 120, and the under is even. And I'm seeing a 9.5 pop up as well with the 9.5. Over is at plus 105, and the under is minus 125. Starting pitching matchup for this one, it is going to be Drew Rosinski, who's going to be going for the NC Dinos. Meanwhile, Tay Inwan is going to be going for the Samsung Lions. And Juan has actually been sneaky good for Samsung so far this year. He has given up more than two earned runs in just one start ever since May 15th. So he has been terrific with that regard. Now, he has had a couple starts in which he's given up an unearned run or two. But by and large, he's been able to do just an absolutely terrific job with this team. The walks have been a little bit heightened. He has given up five walks in three out of his last seven appearances. But in the other four, he's given up approximately one. So it's sort of a depends on the day situation with him. He's not necessarily the greatest swing and miss guy. He's got 40 punch outs so far this year in 66 and a third innings. But he certainly has been able to get the job done as he's been able to do just a good job of being able to tame contact altogether, which is something that is promising. And Drew Rosinski, you got to give it up to him. He has been absolutely terrific. A 205 ERA, 9 and 1 record. He has won 83 in the third innings in that time span, 73 strikeouts to 28 walks. He's given up six home runs, and he's just been a bulldozer recently. He has given up a grand total of two runs in his last four starts, and in those starts, he wound up going a grand total of 26 innings, so he certainly has been able to hold down the fort with that regard. I will say this, he has given up four walks in two out of his last three starts, so that is a little bit of an issue, but he certainly has been able to do a good job of holding it down, and for the Samsung Lions, this is a team that they don't necessarily have that one power hitter in the lineup right now. You've got nobody with more than nine home runs, and Tyler Saladino is currently out of the fold, but you do have a bunch of guys that are doing a good job of being able to get on base. You have to like what Sansu Kim is doing. Batting average above a 330-435 on base. He has given the team two home runs over the past week, so that is certainly something that is helping them out. Ja Wu Koo, 353 batting average. He's given the team seven bobs, and then you've got one Suckley. He's given the team more like eight home runs. He just have a bunch of guys that they're giving you seven, eight, and then you've got Min Kang who's been able to deliver nine, but what I do like about Samsung as well is the fact that you do have quite a few guys that you're able to rely upon in the bullpen as well. They did wind up having to use quite a few relievers in that game against NC since it did wind up going 10 innings, but by and large, you've got a very formidable bullpen, and then with the NC Dinos, you gotta think that Rusinski is gonna give you a good start, but with the Dinos, you always have to fear that bullpen. It is dead last with regards to ERA out there in the KBO. But you've obviously got a great lineup as well. Aaron Altair, number two in the KBO in home runs. He's hitting a 297, 17 bombs for him. Sung Bum Na, 
Looks like he is back to his old self after he was dealing with a little bit of an injury last week. 16 home runs, 51 RBI. He's hitting a 313. Jin Sung Kong hitting a 360 on the campaign to go along with his 10 home runs. Suckman Park, he does not suck. He's been able to give the team 9 home runs on base above a 400. And the list goes on and on. Even when Yuji Young is out of the fold, you got Taegun Kim, the backup catcher, sitting above a 300. So, you got to love the offense of this team. you got to hate the pitching, though. I do think that this is going to be a very good start for Jurisinski, but I think that in the end, both these guys are going to be able to give you a very good start. I think that it's the Samsung bullpen that's going to put them over the top. So we're going to take the plus price here with the Lions, and we're going to be taking this total under, and we wrap things up with game number 304-619-304-620. The Giants of Lotte are going to be in the road to face off against the SK Wyverns. If you're like taking a look at the Wyverns, you're going to be finding them right around minus 130 across the board. Might be seeing a minus 135 as well with Lotte anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115 on them. And your total on this game is 10.5. With the overjuice of 10.5, it is minus 115. The under is minus 105. And your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Giants of Lotte, it is going to be one Sam Zhang. And you're going to be getting John Wook Lee, who's going to be going for SK. And for Lee, he's actually been doing a pretty solid job for SK so far this year. He missed the 2018 and 2019 campaigns for the Wyverns, but he has come back and he has been terrific. 308 ERA, 4-2 record. He's made 11 total appearances, 9 starts, and in 49 and 2 thirds innings, the walks, well, we're going to put it this way, they're not necessarily great, 25 of them, but he's gotten 37 strikeouts, and he's been able to go deeper into starts recently as well. He's went at least 6 innings in 3 out of his last 4 starts. Prior to his last 4 starts, he had not went past 5 and a third innings all year, so that is something that is certainly helpful with the Wyverns. You just don't know what you're going to get night to night out of the bullpen. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's awful. Jae Hoon Hao had been blowing so many saves before he was pretty much relieved for the team from the time being. And when you take a look at Lee as well, he's only given up three home runs so far this year, so he does a good job of keeping the ball in the yard. Meanwhile, with Zhang, this is a gentleman that is 37 years old, and he pitches like he's a 37-year-old. That was not necessarily the team's first option. 19 and a third innings over the course of four starts, 838 ERA, 171 whip. He has gotten seven strikeouts to seven walks. That is not what you are looking for. He has also given up at least four runs in every one of his starts so far this year. Now, in one of those starts, he wound up giving up four runs, but only two of which were earned. But still, it has been absolutely atrocious. He's given up four home runs in his last three starts. You're just looking for redeeming qualities with him, and you're not finding them with the Lotte Giants because Adrian Sampson, unfortunately, left the game with an injury Tuesday morning. They had to go deep into the bullpen, and for the Wyverns, because Ricardo Pinto continues to be Ricardo Pinto and walks a whole bunch of guys, they had to go a little bit deeper into their bullpen as well. But then when you take a look at Lotte, what you do have to like to see is Dixon Machado hitting right around at 288. He was able to go deep Tuesday morning. That is something that is going to be very promising for this team. And then you got Teo Lee hitting a little bit above a 300. The big thing for this team is Asap Sun. 420 on base, 344 batting average. That has no doubt been absolutely terrific. And then you do have to like the fact that you are getting a little bit of power out of Don Quijani has been able to give the team so far this year 9 home runs, 29 RBI. He's really been eating up with that regard. But then when you take a look at the SK Wyverns, it is big that they are getting a little bit healthier as well. Jamie Romack has been leading the KBO with regards to walks. Now he's starting to splice power. He was able to give the team a home run Tuesday morning. And now he's getting more pitches hit because Dong Min Han is back at the fold. He had 6 home runs in the first 18 games of the season before being lost for about a month and a half, maybe even 2 months. He has come back. He now has 8 home runs on the campaign, 25 
strikeouts, but with that said, he's still hitting right around at 280, so he has been able to do a good job with that regard. And then you've got Jung Choi, who's been able to get on base at a 415 on base percentage, so I like what he's able to bring to the table as well. I do think that this is a spot in which SK is actually going to be able to get a very good start out of Lee. I like what I've seen out of him recently, so I'm going to take this total under, and I'm going to wind up taking the Wyverns, and that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Tuesday evening slash Wednesday morning. A big thanks to Sarah Griffin of PitcherList for joining me in the second segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have any questions for the podcast, prior to my timeline at Year 41, hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well, and I will talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you.